0: Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the Winners Ways podcast. This is where we talk about your career, we talk about money, and we give you life motivation to help you to excel. So today we have a guest. Uh, We have uh, John Estafanos, who is the founder and CEO of Rally Bright. Uh, RallyBright Bright is a software as a service team building platform that helps business leaders improve their team's uh, performance, and they also help with dynamics and inclusion. So without further ado, I present my guest, John. Hey, how are you doing?
1: I'm grateful. Thank you
0: for, for having me today. It's great to be here today. Fantastic. So uh, I know I did uh, a brief intro there. Is there anything else that you'd like my audience to know about you?
1: Uh, just that I, I love helping organizations build great teams. Uh, I'm a father of two wonderful children. And for fun, I like to uh, spend time with those awesome kids, doing everything from building Legos and playing sports to cooking barbecue on weekends. So um Try to cover everything uh, all the time. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. You know, when you have children, you know, spending time with them, uh, it's always an awesome experience. So I totally agree with you right there. Yeah. So let's talk about Rallybrite. Uh, I see that it's a software as a service uh, team development platform. Can you break it down for us uh, so that we can all understand uh, what you guys do at Rally Bright?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we started the company with the focus of how do we make work better for everybody and how do we help leaders learn and grow? Um, really, the, the only way to scale that is with technology. Um, so, so we built a software platform that helps you understand at a team level, team strengths, vulnerabilities. And then also by leveraging behavioral science, we're able to get behind what are the behaviors that drive team strengths and team vulnerabilities. Um, so, 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 to some degree, it's a bit of a diagnostic platform. It helps you really uncover what's what's helping a team grow, or what's 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 um, what are some of the obstacles or challenges that teams are facing. Um, but then there's the development side, right? Um, so not only do we identify the strengths and the vulnerabilities and the behaviors, but the goal through technology is also to provide managers and leaders with a roadmap as to how they can improve that team performance, drive some of the changes that will help make teams higher performing and more inclusive, and then track that over time. So that that's what the
0: software aims to do. Awesome. So, uh, you know, when you think about the power of software, technology, You know, what we can use uh, technology to do in our day and time now, it's amazing. So now you said um, it helps with team development, you know, to know the strengths, to know the weaknesses of uh, people in the team. And I'm going to I'm just curious. uh, I know it's a software as a service platform. Is it? Do you have apps, or is it gonna be websites? Your website really bright. People will uh, wrote, uh, log in, subscribe. And maybe there'll be some metrics that they will yep. use to you know assess the team. is that the way it works is that it yeah idea?
1: it 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 is a software platform that you log into the the website is obviously mobile first, and we can you can access via phone a tablet or your or your work pc um but essentially the way that it works is you you, you become uh, you subscribe to Rallybrite. generally that's done at an organizational level or at a team level. Um, there are tools to better understand yourself and how you show up at work. And then there are tools focused specifically on the team and how to make the team more effective. So it starts with the diagnostic. So there are a couple of questionnaires or assessments um, at the team level and at the individual level. Um, And then from that, we're able to collect that data, put them against various models and say, hey, as a team, these are the things you can work on to improve your performance. And then there are resources and tools and learnings and trainings that you can do to, to, to improve based on your team's results.
0: So, so I have uh, quite a number of new uh, managers uh, yeah. you know, uh, that listen to my show. Yeah. And I know most of them, uh, you know, building your team, you want a high performing team. Uh, and I know you specialized in building a high-performing team. So yeah. what can you tell us about how to go about, uh, you know, building a high-performing team, maybe recognizing their strengths, knowing their weaknesses? And, you know, not only that, how do we, you know, we cannot just say, hey, this guy is weak in this certain area. Yeah. We, we are not going to develop him in that area. How do you, you know, balance all these things and build a highly effective team? Yeah, I,
1: you know, I think it's it's a great question and it's a great use case, right? As a new manager, I'll tell you, um, when, when I sold my first company, we were a group of six or seven people um, that were with, together from the beginning. And we built this thing over the course of six years. And we were like a family and a team and all of those great things. Then all of a sudden, it was like, hey, John, you're going to manage 45 developers all across the country. And by the way, we have a 37% attrition rate. So I was very much a new manager, even though I'd been building a team for years. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first thing I looked at was, you know, I I literally Googled. I said, how do you, you know, what does the CTO for a digital marketing agency do, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how how do you build this team? There wasn't an answer. I'll just kind of cut to the chase there. So so with Rally Bright, I think the first thing that any new manager wants to think about is what is the framework I need to use to understand how my team is performing? Uh Um, What are the principles, the the, the first principles that drive high-performing teams and groups of of professionals working together? Um, and, and that's the first step is, is understanding a framework. So, so there are lots of frameworks out there. We obviously have one within Rally Bright. Um, but there, there are five kind of core principles that we look at, right? Um, there are two, two, two areas focused on how does the team work together? So we look at those as we call those connection and attitude. So connection is all about do we have psychological safety and do we have trust on the team? Um, do we communicate effectively with one another? We look at attitude as, do we have shared optimism on the team? Do we have a growth mindset on the team? Are we willing to continuously learn and grow um, and, and learn from our mistakes and develop? And then do we also have a competitive spirit or a will to win? So by looking at connection and attitude, I can start to understand, okay, so here's a framework as to how I can look at how engaged we are with one another, how are our interpersonal relationships affecting our performance, and what are some specific behaviors that I can look at to improve upon or to strengthen? Um, and then you want to look at, okay, so, so great. It's great that we all get along and that we, are, we all work together and we have these characteristics. But ultimately, are we getting our jobs done? Are we delivering for the business? Um, so, so you need things to think about there. So we, we start with what we call as direction. And direction is all about, does the team have a shared purpose and vision? So are we all in sync with one another? And are we all thinking about what drives our success the same way? Um, and do our behaviors align with that? We look at how does the team work with other business units? So that could be internal teams. If I'm a product team, how am I working with sales? How am I working with marketing? Um, If I am a marketing team, it's how am I working with the executive team? How am I working with customer success? So so we want to look at how does the team drive an outside-in focus? And ultimately, the number one constituent or stakeholder is always going to be your customers or your users. So, are we thinking of our users first? And then finally, we look at um, the, the, the fifth dimension or the third dimension around how do we drive business impact, which, which we call performance. It's, it's not about are we hitting our numbers? Are we, you know, is, are people entering their timesheets effectively? Things like that. It's more about as team members, are we accountable and committed to one another? Meaning, are we willing to sacrifice our own needs for the greater good of the team? And are we tracking things in the right ways? So, so the framework of kind of five core dimensions, two of them focused on engagement, three of them focused on, on business impact is a great place to start. Even if you don't use our tool or, you know, or if you don't look at our model, these, these are universal first order principles as to how to build a high performing team. You need people that trust one another and that feel safe with one another. You need people that have optimism and the willingness to learn. You need to have clear ideas of what you're trying to accomplish, how you're going to work together and who you're doing the work for.
0: Wow. You know what? That is totally packed with lots of information that you just shared. And I understand it has to start uh, from the framework, uh, which uh, will be defined by the managers or the organization. Uh, You mentioned several things, uh, communication, optimism, competitive spirit. All these things are important. Uh, Customers, um, focusing on the users, that's very, very important. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we cannot overemphasize that uh, in terms of building a high-performing uh, team. But I- I'm st- struck with um, shared purpose. you know. Yeah. And I don't know if this is your experience as well. I- I've seen that in any organization, maybe most organizations, there are always the high-performing uh, people. They yeah completely get the vision and mission of the organization. They work day and night towards their goals. But some people, they just, um, you know, coast along. Uh, Okay, what's the next thing for us to do? They will do it. It's not that they are lazy. They will just do it. But I think what every organization leaders uh, need to do is to sell that vision, you know, that shared purpose that you spoke about. But I want you to. I want to hear from you. How no, it, do we, you know, sell that shared purpose to yeah, everyone it's, it's in the organization.
1: A, it's a very astute observation, Bola. Um, what I would say is what we've seen anecdotally and, and through the data over the last two and a half years, which we all know have been massive, massive times of disruption, yeah. is that organizations that have that clear direction, that shared purpose, and shared shared vision and mission, um, and where the team members can articulate that those are organizations and teams that have actually been thriving through the pandemic. So the, the the sales teams that we've seen that have that clear direction or that strong direction have surpassed their numbers. Startups have raised more money. Um, Managers have gotten promoted and gotten their team members promoted more quickly. Um, We have seen, we've seen it time and time again, that ability. And, and, and it's not, I would say it's not hundred percent reliant just on the leader. Right. There, there are other factors. There are external factors and there are internal factors. External factors is, do we align with the overall mission of the organization? Can, can we as a team get behind the vision and the mission for, for, for the company? Um, do we believe in what we're building or what we're selling or what we're promoting? And are, do we believe in the values of the organization that, that we're supporting with our, by, by showing up every day and doing the work? Those are some of the external factors the internal or as a team, what is our purpose as a team, as a customer success team, it may be to drive the best customer experience possible. For a sales team, it may be to drive the best numbers, but it may be build the best process, right? For a product team, build the, the, the most effective tools to accomplish our goals. So, so, so there, there are multiple layers, both from the organizational perspective, as well as from the team perspective that help to drive that. But when you have that clarity, it just, it streamlines everything else. If it's not in alignment with our mission and our goals, then should we be doing it? Or where does it fit on the priority matrix that we need to follow to be most effective and to be high-performing?
0: Perfect. I I guess, uh, you know, it's all about communication and making sure that everyone gets uh, that clarity uh, about the shared purpose or mission of the organization. I think that's Will actually help people to see hey this is where we are going and this is what i need to do to contribute my own quota so that we can get to uh you know where we want to get to so that's excellent uh thank you very much john
1: no no of course and and just to to add on that if, if you don't mind one of the things i've seen is it's often one of the things that's first overlooked with new managers right like i can tell you a couple of stories one of which was a young engineer who was promoted, rock star engineer, promoted to run a, an engineering team, had it all figured out. And then all of a sudden we ran our diagnostic and we were like, okay, so you're pretty clear on your mission, but the rest of the team isn't. And he started to think about it. And he said, okay, well, this is the mission of our team within the greater organization. And what we found is they were delivering better code, more releases, less bugs, and greater customer satisfaction. Yeah, That was the success of the team because they were thinking about, What is our purpose and mission? Another example is I was working with uh, another engineering team working on an application for a large organization, right? That was in the healthcare space. So you could say like, okay, our job is to build this application or to build this tool so that way, but no, their job was to help improve outcomes from heart disease because the tools they were building were mission-based around supporting healthcare providers in doing research and providing treatments and diagnostics to improve healthcare and heart care specifically throughout the whole world. So so that shift of mission from, oh, making sure that we're delivering great code without any bugs to enabling others to save lives is absolutely impactful. It, it, It drives significant impact in how people show up and how they focus on the work that they're doing.
0: Perfect. Uh, Thanks for, you know, sharing that. And I I totally understand, uh, you know, technical people sometimes, you know, you know, you have the knowledge, you just want to, you know, breeze through and get stuff done. And not learning the people skills can be a huge gap in, you know, building an effective and high performing Team, So that's it's always important for organizations to make sure that they are training their uh, people's leaders uh, so that, you know, the organization will run smoothly and effectively. Now, let's talk about inclusion. I know that's yep. one of your big uh, uh, thing in Rally Bright. Yep. Why? How, do, how would you define inclusion? And why do you think inclusion is important? Yeah, so, so I'll start with why it's so important, and then
1: we'll talk about the definition if, if that's okay. Um, I will say we launched our inclusion product a little over a year ago now, or about a year ago now. Um, it had been in the works for several years prior to kind of a lot of the groundswell shifts that we'd seen. Um, we always knew that there's a model to look at how teams perform and how they deliver. And there are ways to look at how people work together. But we knew there was something missing around how do you embrace the diversity of the world and the perspectives of all the people that show up to work every day that are part of that mission, that, that, that communicate well together. And by embracing diversity and by fostering inclusion and belonging, you can get so much more out of every out of the team, but out of the whole experience and provide a much more fulfilling work experience for all of your employees, which is critical to our mission, which is how do we make work better for everybody? So, so we really started to dig into this and we didn't want to just say, Oh, you should do these things. We wanted to, 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 to back it by research. So we actually ran a study last year, um, after doing some work with some, some very large organizations around how do they foster inclusion and collaboration. And what we identified was, um, you know, a a similar model, but really focused around how do we foster inclusion and belonging. So when we look at inclusion, we define that as fostering an environment of psychological safety and belonging for all of your employees or for all of your people. Um, And when we talk about psychological safety, we talk about how do we show up as our authentic selves? How do we encourage people to speak up and share their experiences and perspectives? And do people feel safe failing? Can we embrace failure and turn that into a positive? So, so th- that, that's a core part behind psychological safety. When we look at belonging, um, because you can have the most diverse teams in the world, but if people don't feel like they're included, like they can participate, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. If they don't feel like their contributions are valued or that they can connect with others within their organization or within their teams, they're not going to feel like they belong. Absolutely. And, Right. Uh So, so, so we look at inclusion, we define inclusion as primarily psychological safety and belonging, but then there are other components to how does that manifest in terms of how do we work together? Are we aligned in how we view that shared purpose and that commitment to one another? Do we have clear roles and responsibilities and ways of communicating? But more importantly um, within our, within our model of looking at inclusion and, and belonging within an organization, we look at compassion. Is there empathy? within an organization. I was just reading an article about like the great transformation at Microsoft under Sacha Nadal. And number one was empathy, right? Like that was one of the first culture shifts he started to drive there was how to, and they became, you know, the most valuable company in the world. Um, but not just empathy, but also support. Can we put ourselves in other people's shoes? Can we feel the same way they feel, or at least look at things through that perspective, but also support the, the journeys that they're on And then finally, where diversity comes to play is really, do we have objectivity and fairness in terms of how we work and, and, you know, participate and and value one another? And do we embrace these diverse cultures, perspectives, backgrounds, what have you, um, in a way that is objective and fair? So, so that's kind of how we define inclusion. So, so, so top line, like it's really all about psychological safety and belonging, but it's also about how do we show up when we work together and collaborate with one another? And do we do so with compassion and fairness, empathy, support, and embracing diversity?
0: So that's a very comprehensive definition, I must tell you. Sorry. <laughs> and and uh, you may have you know, answered my next question from everything you explained. I, I like what you said. Uh, inclusion is all about psychological safety and belonging, yes. and diversity is about objectivity and fairness. Because, John, my next question was going to be, and I'll give you this story. I, I worked with a senior executive at a point, and this executive was, you know, telling me that, hey, I, you know, because the organization is all about uh, diversity and inclusion now, that he was looking to hire a female uh, executive. You know, and I'm, I'm for uh, diversity and inclusion by all means. I, I love it. I think mm-hmm. it's a great thing. But, you know, I, I also want it to be fair. I don't want uh, people to just... Uh, be put in position just because we want to have that diversity framework. I yep. want competent people, you know, yep. to be put in put into position. But I think based on what you just explained, objectivity and fairness, I think if people are embracing that, then they will be able to put the right people in the right position. So I, I was going to ask you, so, what would you say to this executive who was looking to hire a female, uh, a female employee just, you know, to balance his team? Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it, it's it's an age-old question for sure. What I would say is we see a lot, um, and I think this is normal. I think a lot of people as a starting point are like, we we have to balance we, we have to balance the um, and, and check boxes right we have to say like oh we, we have to balance our population or we have to hire people of these genders or, or these these cultural backgrounds or even these geographies or these experience levels right um, it, it, it's an interesting starting point but is it the right starting point because just because you're hiring a female does not mean that you are creating a more diverse environment if that female does not feel like she belongs or that she can speak up or she doesn't have that psychological safety. Are we looking at hiring people based on criteria that are being set by demographics or criteria that we're looking at in order to make our organization better? Um, and that's where the objectivity and that fairness comes in, right? right. Uh, oftentimes we'll hear the, oh, well, we can't get a diverse enough candidate pool for this function. Well, are we, are we following biased ways of recruiting are we requiring biased you know requirements to bring people into are are we pre-screening for for areas where we're not going to get a diverse pool like so for example one of the things that that we've seen a big shift in is people are hiring based on experiences versus based on degrees Mm, right and with with the great shift that's been happening with remote work We're also no longer geographically bound. If you're only hiring engineers in downtown San Francisco, you're going to get a specific candidate pool, right? But when you start broadening that aperture, when you start looking at qualifications based on that objectivity and that fairness versus what we've been told, or at least I've been told or others have been told, we have to hire people from these schools with these types of degrees and these types of geographies. Those are things you want to look at.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. So, um, you know, looking at your website, Rally Bright, and, you know, everything that you do here, uh, I'm just curious, what made you start Rally Bright? Yeah, it's a, it's a great
1: question. I started Rally Bright because I wanted to focus on three things. One, um, how do you build great teams? Because I realized throughout my entire career, No person is an island and all of the success, all of the great experiences, all of the pride I had was around surrounding myself with great people, enjoying the work and accomplishing work together. So number one, how do you build great teams? Number two, how do you scale experiences through technology? Because if if I want to fulfill this mission of making work better for everybody, technology is the only way to do it. And then three, um, how do we help people learn and grow? So, so my greatest personal fulfillment came when I was able to help others learn and grow in their careers, surpass anything I could have imagined myself doing, um, going out into the world and creating broader networks of good by helping others learn and grow. So focusing on teams, because ultimately it's about the group, scaling with technology, and then helping people learn and grow. And by looking at those three components, I knew I wanted to build something around teams. I knew I wanted to be technology-based. And I was very fortunate um, at my first company to work with um, our founding partner, who was an embedded psychologist at Microsoft. And she had developed that original team model. And we decided to build software around that. And from that, it just grew. It was like, maybe this will work. I think it'll work, especially if we had some of the sector behavioral science stuff in here and start taking things to the next level and make it self-serve. And since then, that's, that's kind of been the mission all along.
0: Fantastic. And I surely uh, totally would say you guys are solving a big problem out there. You know, every organization's they need high performing team. And uh, if people go on your website, rallybright.com. They'll see everything that you do, and I'm sure they will find it beneficial. So, as we are rounding now, um, can you, you know, just share with us what you maybe one or two qualities that you would consider as being essential for a leader?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> we, we talked a lot about about a lot of different models, right? And, right. and I think I think they all apply. Um, I think essential for a leader is clarity, clarity around that vision and purpose. How how do you share that with your team? How do you reinforce that with your team? How do you make sure that everybody you work with is clear on what you're trying to accomplish? Um, I think empathy, everybody has a different journey. Everybody has a different background. One of the things, you know, you, you hear the old adage, hire slowly, fire quickly. I don't believe in that anymore I believe your job as a leader is to identify your team's superpowers and to okay. enable them to activate those superpowers for everybody's good, especially theirs. Yeah. Um, I would say the, the you know, the clarity and empathy are, are absolutely critical um, to being a good leader. And I think they fit into, you know, wh- what you just know is right and good um, mm-hmm. a- as you build an organization and a team.
0: You know what? I totally agree with that. Uh, I think there is a quote that says, uh, be kind to people you meet uh, because you do not know what they are dealing with. Uh, Just to paraphrase, right? And if leaders, people go through lots of different stuff uh, that a leader may not necessarily know. So being able to empathize will surely help uh, the leader to put himself or herself in the other person's shoes. And that I think is essential. Yeah. So as uh, we are ending now, uh, is there anything you want to share with my audience? Or, and also, I would like you to tell us how we can connect with you, whether Absolutely. on social media or your website.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, th- w- what I would probably close with is the biggest mind shift that I had that I, that I think has led to our latest rounds of success, and we've still got a lot, long way to go, is that there, there is that optimism, even with everything out there in the world, there's so much opportunity, especially as you're taking the reins of a new team or a new organization or starting a new company, an abundance mindset will get you so far. Um so, so from that perspective, I think that's that that's one of the things I always try to train myself on is how to always look for the opportunity and the good and what's to come. Um, in terms of connecting with me, I'm just John at RallyBright.com. You can always reach out to me directly. Um, follow me on Twitter, Justo dc J-E-S-T-O-D-C. I'm not on Twitter as much as I probably should be. Um, and obviously, please come to our website, RallyBright.com. And if there's anything that we can help with, we're always happy to help. There are also tons and tons of great resources there. Lots of talk around the models and the data and the behaviors behind it. And yeah, we're we, you know our, our job is to make work better for everybody. And if we can help managers become better leaders, that's how we think we're going to do it. So we're, we're always happy to help.
0: Awesome. And that's where we are ending it. So we've uh, talked a lot about... Team building, team development, inclusion, diversity. If you are a leader in your organization, I will strongly encourage you to connect with John at uh, rallybright.com. Or if you are also uh, an employee, uh, you should, of course, learn how to build your skills, how to be an impactful employee. So uh, I encourage you to connect with John. And that's where we're ending it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you both. Thank you. This episode of Winner's Ways Podcast has come to a close. We hope
1: you enjoy and learn something from today's show. We want you to win and excel in all areas of your life. And we regularly explore and share information with our listeners to empower them to win. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast for more tips and strategies to help you find the success that you've always dreamt of. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you more podcast episodes to empower you. We will love to have you again
0: next week. Now, keep winning.